You see it every day. The first dollar you earned from your first customer. Now it hangs on your wall at headquarters. A reminder of where you started and the promise of what's still to come. In part because you rely on Sandy Spring Bank to help you make the right choices on real estate and equipment loans, treasury management, and commercial services. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your business. Visit sandyspringbank.com slash business. Credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank. When you're drinking a frozen beverage from McDonald's, your brain may not like how refreshingly cold it is, but the rest of your body, oh yes, it's going to relish every moment of it because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Get all the chill you need for just $1.69. From any size frozen drink, like a frozen Fanta Blue Raspberry, to a new ice-cold lemonade. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. everybody, welcome to this week's Wolves Fancast. David Evans here on the podcast this week. Stu's here. Hello. Rice here. Hello. Andy's here. Hello. And we're all here. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> right, on the show this week we're going to talk about Burnley, we've got a bit on Torino, we've got Everton, we're going to do the quiz and we've got Twitter Corner as well. But first everybody, people have heard about it so much now, we're probably glad we're not going to talk about it anymore, but one last time, we did a live show last week. Um, it was at the Arena Theatre in Wolverhampton last Friday night. We looked at the last 10 years at Wolves. And gents, we had a really good time, didn't we? Some of us more than others, after waking up on Saturday because of Todd's poison. <laughs> yeah, one of our listeners, Todd, sent us some beers beforehand, sour beers, which I'd never heard of before. They were very nice. Not good for the head, of course, the next day. No. But they were very nice. They were like double figures percentage, weren't we? I think we did a little bit of a... A sweep. Um, I remember there was me, you, and Pricey, maybe. And yeah, we kind of. You had the sense of roulette, and yeah, and I went with a can, which I think was about eight percent, which is still pretty high, but twelve point seven was pushing it a bit. Twelve point seven. That they were all a little bit punchy, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. But they they, hel- they helped us on our way. Yeah. Um, but no, it was a good night, wasn't it? I thought it was really good. I mean, you know, yes, we talked about it a lot, you know, coming up to it, but we were really excited about it, and um, the feedback that we've had has been excellent so you know we'll welcome any feedback what people thought thanks for coming to everyone mm-hmm. who came on the night because it was it was great you know we enjoy doing it within the confines of Dave's lovely living room as we are here tonight with random inflatable giraffes and the like <laughs> um, however however to get the opportunity to do it in front of the audience at home you know as such and kind of share it with them was was a so no, yeah, it was good. good. We had a good turnout. Good, lots of good. Uh, well, we got laughs. That was the key thing for me. As long <laughs> as we got one laugh, that was all fine. It was laughs and participation as well. No, yeah. no one just sat sat on the hands. It was all of everyone joining and having a good time. It was fun. It was a group effort. Yeah, yeah. it was. Um, and Dan killed it with that quiz. Absolutely, oh, he was an killed absolute it. star, wasn't he? Uh, we're going to have one of Dan's classic quizzes later. But uh, yeah, we enjoyed it. We, we're glad we did it. Will we do another one in the future? Hopefully. You never know. 
I hope so, you know, and, and I know there were a number of people who wanted to come and for whatever reason couldn't make this time round. So it's poor excuses, really. And, well, <laughs> I know. Um, so yeah, ho- hopefully we will. And um, I thought for our first shot at the, you know, it was good. So thank you, thank you, thank you for everyone who came. We got a good McDonald's run beforehand as well. We, d- we did get a good McDonald's run, and it was just weird, really, because we were. We had like a dressing room, which was just bizarre, really. We kind of do what we, did. we didn't really know what to do in there, other than just eat McDonald's and just have a bit of a chat. And there's a toilet in there, so I might as well use it for a pre. Jake demands Jake his own dressing room, of course. Yes, he got yes. his whole entourage there. Yeah, well, you would have. If anybody was there on the night and saw um, Dan's performance, you would have probably thought that he would have had his own dressing room <laughs> in the style of how he, he performed the quiz so eloquently. Um, but yeah, we we was, it was. It was not rock and roll, but it was as close as oh. we can within our world. Of <laughs> I think rock I think Dan with his hat on backwards, prancing yeah. in, the, in the stage is very as rock and roll as he could possibly get. The the weirdest thing for me was just before going on, I thought oh, I'm going to have to have a, another drink, uh, just to, just to help the nerves. I know Dave was a bit concerned, thinking, "Oh my God, they're going to be falling off the chair." <laughs> but um, I, I I went with Adam just to go and um, and get a drink, and we were just behind the the theatre door, and there were people in the waiting area, and I was like, "Oh my God, this is weird. There's people here." <laughs> Knowing that for well, that's kind of the idea, and we yeah. were grateful for it. But with this sort of um, medium when you're kind of not um known as such by your face and so forth it was a bit like i'm gonna creep in here and does anybody know that i'm gonna be on in the you know, when, you when know what i mean it was weird when we can all turn up naked every week it's relaxing yeah exactly yeah, yeah you know but yeah. then when you have to do that in like in front of people you're like oh i don't know about that actually no. <laughs> I, I tried to get through the credit as discreetly as possible but mm. yeah i think i was spotted with the uh the attire <laughs> again. <laughs> we we've had some questions about who people who can go about Stu's well, attire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, we had some questions about um, people who couldn't go about whether the show would be available to listen to afterwards. It will be. We did mention last week it won't be a paid one because those people who bought tickets we have to honour that fact. So the, we will have it online in the next few days. So there will be details about um, what the payment will be for that and some more details about that, which is quite important. So just. Keep eyes on the socials on the podcast. We'll give some more details about the live show shortly. But yes, if you came, thank you very much. And thanks to Arena Theatre as well, because I thought they did a cracking mm. job. It was great. Right, that's it now, everybody. We're going to not talk about it anymore. <laughs> it's all done dusted. Um, and let's go to the game at the weekend. Wolves drew one all with Burnley on Sunday. Ashley Barnes opened the score for Burnley. But right at the death, Raul Jimenez with a penalty gave Wolves a one-all draw. I'm going to open it with this gentleman. Is this the first time that people might start suggesting the Europa Thursday night excuse for that performance because it wasn't the greatest performance by many. Can we just talk about Torino again? <laughs> it was <laughs> it was just shit what it <laughs> from start to finish it was just diabolical. But no one was at it. No one you think you look at that t- the the team and you is anyone above a six? And apart from Triore who came on late, you'd probably say no because it wasn't even fatigue. It was just look it looked like they hadn't Trained, which they probably hadn't, because they probably had one day. So yeah, I think I read they got back at three a.m. Friday morning. Mm. Yeah, so, so obviously they'd have just had Saturday and then the match. So they probably wouldn't have done any training. Yeah, so if and it, it very much showed, didn't it? If they had preparation just for Torino and what a performance that was, and then you think, okay, we can't plan two games ahead because it's one game at a time. Then th- I think that's what shows more than the fitness aspect because it was. They didn't look tired to me. They just looked like they just looked clueless. Mm. I, I don't think it was a case of fatigue. I think it was just that they were absolutely dreadful. 
And it, it weren't helped by the fact that Burnley just bullied the hell out of us. And they, we, we never really got going. But credit for Burnley for me, because I thought they played quite decent. Actually, at times, there were times where I thought, this isn't the Burnley I would associate with. Unless, like, almost like Sean Dyche over the thought, right, we need to maybe change it up a bit with our style of play. Yes, there was the classic long balls. and But that was near the end of the game when they were defending quite deep. But in the first half, I thought they moved about the ball about quite well. Gave as good as they got. Well, yeah. actually, they gave better than what they got, to be honest. They, I was quite impressed with them. And I, I think with Burnley as well, I think as Dave's referring to that, I think the the misconception potentially, although there's probably some truth in this stereotype in the way in which they play, that you'd expect them to be physical and kind of direct and sort of, a, you know, in that style. But I agree. I thought first half in particular... You know, they carved us open a number of times with some mm. lovely link-up play from the forwards and they looked really good. I know we were awful. Um, and just going back to your question in regards to Europa League and fatigue and so forth, it opens itself up to critics because it, we've been kind of defending it, saying we won't do a Burnley, for example, in terms of their season after the, you know, with the Europa co- competition as well and, you know, that these players will be well-versed and be able to handle it. But... There were probably a combination of things, and I'm kind of with the guys. You know, you can put it down to fatigue, but you can probably just put it down to that we were just really shit, and it was a bad day at the <laughs> office. So, you know, I thought Burnley were good, but you know, it's, it's context, isn't it? Really, because you know, people look at the start, and you know, we've got three draws. If you take each game within its own right, aside from the Burnley game, we're not doing too bad. We're, we're doing well in the Europa uh, competitions. We're unlucky against um, Leicester. Um, so you know, you, you know, United first half we were awful, of course, but we, you know, we were okay. So we've got three points. I think it leans itself easy to people to go, oh, it's the Europa, and oh, they're going to struggle this season. Well, no, I don't think we will. Well, we're still undefeated. You know, yeah, through everything, really, you know, through pre- yeah. te- well, we're undefeated. Say we pre-season, won, but, yeah. te- <laughs> competitive pre-season. Um, there were three players. What I gather didn't play on Thursday: Doc, Bennett, and Neves. And they seem to have the poorest games. I mean, Doc maybe's not 100% fit. No, he's, he's not. Neves no, was terrible. As Stu said on the yeah. Uh, yeah. the live show. That we, you know, and and got, can, you know. got a few mumbles when I, yeah. I suggested that he, he'd have a, a bad season. But again, he just doesn't. He hasn't showed up for all but three games in 18 months, maybe. It's just, it's he had a rest. There was absolutely no excuse for it. And it's not like, oh, match sharpness and all that. He's played six games since July. There's no, there's no excuse for it. He's massively out of form. Dottier in the pre-season. So, but Bennett, Bennett struggling was the one for me. I, I didn't see that coming at mm. all. Do you think oh, a bit of a fight against Burnley and Ashley Barnes is going to love that? But he just wilted. I don't know. He, weird. He was, he, I, I'm, I'm loath to say too much because I don't want to kind of be labelled as someone who's anti-Bennett. I'm not. You know, Lord for, Bennett. All Lord <laughs> Bennett. You know, for the record, I've stuck up for him on this and other forums in terms of he's been a great. Um, signing in terms of you know for value of what we've got out of him. However, I do have my concerns about him, so it'd be easy to sit the knife in. I'm not going to. However, it, you know he looked awful at the weekend. You know the lead up to the, the first goal, and then he got turned again. Um, but as we, we spoke about with um, Jesus Vallejo, he's going to be slowly put into the side. I think in the manner in which probably Dendonka was as well. So. Hopefully, Bennett will reverse his fortunes and, and have a better game. Should he be selected? Oh, well, I don't know if he'll be selected for Torino. He might have another um, change but for the league format. But he wasn't the only one. I thought, I thought Doc, as, as you rightly say, is not fit. I thought Cody looked vulnerable. 
Um, Cody looks you know. a real weak link at the minute. Yeah. I, I haven't been impressed with him in any of our games so far this season. Mm. I don't know what it is. I, mean, I know he's a very good leader of the, the defence, but he doesn't <coughs> look like he wants a fight. Um, maybe, maybe it is the, ro- the rotation. Of course, he's been used to a settled side for the best part of two years. Mm. You switch it around and he's not... Some of them are not adapting to it as well as they should do, maybe. And one thing I noticed against Bernie, with Man United, I felt it was tactical, but this time it looked odd that, like, Doc and Johnny, whose key thing is really to go forward and overlap. I mean, whether it was with fitness, but Doc... I don't think I ever saw Doc past the halfway line at points. I never saw him down that wing. As soon as Torero came on, that was it. He got into the wings and whipped it round. Even Johnny, it was only until really late in the game did Johnny actually really go forward in Bernie's box I, I don't, just, just seemed weird Wolves not playing that style of play I mean, we have done that before though we did it in the first half at Spurs away last season mm. where we kept it tight in the first half then second half pushed on but we, Doherty I mean he's lethargic at the best of times anyway so mm. when he's mm. when he's like that people are just going to think oh well he just don't look arsed do you dangle the idea Stu of dropping Neves in the league or is it still early days <laughs> I don't I wouldn't play him just because there's something not right there, and you can't. We can't afford for him to have to play himself into form. And but on the other point, who's going to come in for him? Mm. <laughs> you, would you have a half-fit Neves who's massively out of form or Gibbs White at all? And the answer's obviously Neves in that point because he's just not doing it either. So I think we're in a, in a tough situation there. I, I mean, personally, on Thursday against Torino again, I'd play Sace. I'd play the same mm. again and leave him out because he's a liability at the minute. Uh, talking about Gibbs-White, he started, which was a bit of a surprise. I found that, look, he had good flashes, he had good you know, times where he could turn a man, he could get forward, but it was just that last pass, that last touch that that That's him. always where it goes wrong for him. And he he does could, yeah. so well to get to that place, and then he'll slip, or he'll overhit a cross, or there's always something right at the death. And so I'll speak to somebody today, and they made a good point to me that you know, Nuno and Wolves have always argued this point that everybody in the squad knows their role. They've got a defined role, they go on the pitch, they know what they're doing. You could argue to an extent that Gibbs White is probably one of the only players in that squad that doesn't have a defined role. I mean, where where would you class is his position? Because he, what, is he number 10? Is he a midfielder? Is he a striker? Because that's what he did, I know, just to fill gaps in pre-season. League One. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of people talk yeah. about he needs to learn the championship, but it, it, I don't feel like you've got a right. Gibbs White will always play there. He's a number ten in a in a team that doesn't play a number ten. Mm. That's his problem. And he's Th- not. He's that's not always adapt- been the problem with Morgan Gibbs White. Though he's never really nailed down a position. Yeah. Even when we had back back when he was in the championship and he was playing as like one of the front three on, uh, inside forward role, he never quite looked like an inside forward. But he looked like he was someone who should be central playing out wide, but then when we've seen him through the centre, he's never quite fit in there either. Yeah. And you look at the the match of the day Wankfest from last season in that month, every, all the highlights were when he was in a number ten role. But we, in fact, when we, we were breaking, we all yeah. thought he was going to get picked for England. We all thought that <laughs> in that month, <laughs> and it, it was all it was all in that position. But it was in that position falsely because we we're on the break every time, and that's why he looked so good. That's his position, but we don't play that. And so, well, even against Chelsea at home when we played. That was the only the first time that we played with the three centre midfielders and the one advance, didn't we? Yeah. He looked good in that position, but on the right of the three, he doesn't offer enough, mm. either going forward or or defensively, so I don't really see what he's doing in that position. Uh, Wolves ramped it up in the second half, Traore came on. Again, Traore, he's, he's making headlines, he's changing the game, his ball control is far better. He can't shoot. 
<laughs> he really can't shoot. I don't know why he bothers doing it, but, but he's trying to shoot on when he when he cuts in on his left. That's the thing where you know it's going out for a goal kick every single time. Mm. But you feel like this conversion to wing back, like Stephen Ward back in the day. Well, you know, <laughs> left back, whatever. But it's working. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? Because he, he did have another good game, and it's he's kind of coined that. Um, how can I put it? That forward run where he has two players either side of him and just sort of jumps over into the <laughs> middle and kind of gets the you know the the foul. But he's more dynamic than you know certainly Doc or or, or Jossie's uh, Johnny's been of of late. Uh, but no, it was it was a cameo, but it was a decent one. I think people probably expected him to start. And hopefully he'll get another game um, at home against um, Torino. I mean, we spoke about on on the pod previously in terms of his position, and you know, certainly you want to see him running at people and you know, contributing. And I think he's he's yes, his shooting's not great, but you know, he's um, eagerness to get forward and his delivery as well is is decent at times. He's getting a lot better. Yeah, yeah. I, I get frustrated when I hear commentators talk about oh potential and he was at Barcelona yeah we know he was at Barcelona and he's frustrating and played Messi didn't he yeah <laughs> and it's like well what player isn't really you know he's not the complete footballer but we always look more of an exciting side when he's in it at the moment so you know um, and even when he's not doing anything he's doing stuff because he's causing chaos yeah and uh, when you look at against Torino three players booked Against Burnley, there were three on him, and he would draw. He was he got through past them twice and drew fouls. And, and would that have happened last season? No, he no. would have just got bundled over and lost the ball. Exactly. He's, and it, it's not rocket science. I mean, people have been saying for so long that to get the best out of Traore, he needs to be getting some chalk on his boots out wide, and that's it. Not playing as either a central striker or playing as one of the front three on an inside forward because that ain't his game. And then, obviously, the second half came on. We thought the moment came, him and Hez hitting the post. And I think at that moment, I thought, oh, no, that's it now. That's it. I thought, you know, again, I thought Pope had a great game for Burnley at times. Well, there's a reason why they let Heaton go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he kept him out on merit a couple of years ago before he got injured himself. So, yeah, I mean, he, he justifies his number one shirt now. I must admit, you know, the Pope is very good at crosses. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then the equaliser finally came. It's the worst joke of the show, everybody. Uh, the equaliser finally came with Jimenez's penalty. Firstly, was it a penalty? I thought so at first. Then I watched the replay and I thought, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe they gave it after after the, they looked at it. After all the other nonsense that happened at the weekend mm. as well. Um, do you call it clever, though? Or do yeah, you call it cheating? Do you know what I mean? He's kind of stuck his leg in there because he's thought, well... There's a chance here if I position myself that I'm going to get caught. He caught, you know, he caught yeah. him on the turn, so it, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've gone the other way to Stu. Seeing it as it happened, I wasn't convinced it was a penalty. But having watched it back, I can see why it's been given. Because he's pulling him back and he's... Yeah, he's, he's caught... He's, so yeah, it's he has, he's gone over on his foot, which is a penalty, but because of all the other stuff that happened at the weekend, you think, how has that been given and the other's not? <laughs> uh, then Jimenez steps up, scores, sends Pope the wrong way. Happy days. Getting to the point. Anybody else play well at all? Bomb from Triore. And um, I've got Bolly, I thought played well as standard. Well, I, I, okay. I, thought, I thought Neto looked decent when mm. he came on. Um, but I think, yeah, we're clutching at straws. Actually, Patricio didn't have a bad game. I think he made it probably a couple of routine saves thinking back, actually. So Did everything that he needed to. Yeah, and that, the yeah. goal was a stunner. So yeah, yeah, yeah. There wasn't a lot there. I, I just praise Raul for taking that penalty in the 97th yes, yeah. minute after all that. 
pissing around waiting for it to be given. And just the coolness as well of just the mm. run up, just slotting it home. Because if he, it, it wasn't much pace on that. Pope could have gone the no. right way. But, I mean, if you look, it. as he's going up, Pope's already on his arse before he's hit the ball. So he's made it very easy for him. <laughs> but that's just the, the sign of someone who's got all the class in the world. Yeah. Because they'll just take every second they can to make the decision, and that's exactly what he did. Uh, three draws in a row, gentlemen. Not bad, I guess. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> We're not in a relegation zone. I'll put it as a kind of semi-serious thing on Twitter the other day that we... Yeah, we Man United and Spurs both lost to relegation sides and we were one point behind both of them already. And you think, well, fine. To be honest with you, I was probably more bothered about the cricket result before the game. <laughs> I don't think I've been so anxious looking at a BBC Sport text page refresh, looking at that result. I'll give it up all hope. I'll just, t- I'll just turn it off. Because they had it on the one screen, the Emerald, and I thought, nah, it's like this. <laughs> a little cricket talk here, but I just thought, I mean, it was like it was about lunchtime, it was about 2.60 or something, and I thought, the, the commentators were like, oh, 18 more runs to go, they can't do this. And I was thinking, well, we've got some wickets left. 80 runs isn't, he's achievable. <laughs> I, I, no, no. Well, no, we're going to still go, Andy, with this. Because <laughs> people, people want to, but no, it, it was crazy. I'd popped out in, in, in the morning, and, um, re- reluctantly to kind of spend time with my family and not watch it. But <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I had a good time. You're listening, um, and but yeah, I was half sort of trying to get an ear to the radio, and similar to Dave, I think I we, we started okay, although Root went went, and then it would look like they'd had a, we'd had a little bit of a collapse, and then it was amazing. But I hear you know a lot of people were late to their seats, hence the the excitement. So well, when Stoke stayed in, I thought I think we might do this now. This yeah. is what Goody feels like when we talk about wrestling. Andy, That's exactly what I was. This thinking. is your yeah. uh, this yeah. is your version of wrestling yeah. talk on the podcast, uh, Janty. Episode one or draw. We got the win. Well, not the win. We got the point. We got the moral victory. That's we what got, I'll We got say. three points in total. Yeah. <laughs> right. We're going to wondering to Gnang's territory now. And uh, Wolves have a game on Thursday against Torino at Monia. Three-two win, gentlemen. Turin last week. I mean, we've all still got the Patrick Catroni song stuck in our heads. Uh, but what, you know, just briefly on that, what a win. Historic win again. I know we mentioned it briefly on the live show, which, of course, people will be able to buy, um, available to download. But um, historic win. Still a bit annoyed that we gave away that second goal. I know we won 3-2, but I just think if we go in that game on Thursday, I think it's 3-1, in your head thinking... In a way, though, it might help because if we were going in 3 1 up, people might be thinking, oh, yeah, well, it's done now, a bit, bit lethargic, stroll up. Now there's, it's quite tight, you think, yeah, let's have a couple extra points <laughs> <laughs> beforehand. Do Wolves just need to score, really, ultimately? Yeah, pretty much. If we score one, I can't see them scoring to be three, then yeah. we only need to get through. So I think one goal should do it. So get an early goal and we can all relax. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and to be honest, I would like to see a little bit of rotation. I wouldn't want to see him go full like he did against um, Punic. But I think we could do with a couple of other people coming in. Yeah, well, Catrone th- for a start. They've got to solidify this. We're 90 minutes potentially away from the group stage of Europa League. You've got to solidify this. But Vallejo coming in wouldn't surprise me. And you've got to think, yeah. like you said, Catrone. Mm. Surely we'll start. I, I, I think so, but I, th- I think Stu mentioned earlier probably the same side, and I would probably go with that. But I would like to see Catroni start. Um, that aside, it's not going to be wholesale changes because it's still they're very much in the game, aren't they? So, um, and we have a certain way of playing, don't we, away from home? So whether or not 
you know, being effectively one nil up at home as you would look at it. Um, how we're going to get on, I don't know, but I wouldn't mix it up too much. So I would go same side, um, or potentially Catrone in for who I don't know. So oh, you drop Neves. You'd keep well. You'd keep yeah, Neves I, I, at I, the time. I'd put Sace back was, in just yeah. Yeah. yeah for that that extra defensive rigidity. Sace is so reliable for mm. me as mm. well, and I think that type of fixture, that sort of phys- um, physicality, shall I say? You know, I think he does a fantastic job in there. So he's like yeah. Walker's crisps, isn't he? Just reliable. Already salted. Yeah, you need a packet of crisps. What's a reliable one? I'm a bit ready salted. Ready salted says. Yeah. <laughs> ready salted. Ready sized. <laughs> but I think they might go the other way. I think you might um, bring Neto in for Jota. I want to go Catroni, um, Neto up front. No, just Jimenez and Jimenez and Neto up front. Oh. And because Jota's not for his goal, his goals already. But there's something not right there either. For me, he's not. He seems getting angry with himself quite a he lot. He did that mm-hmm. though, um, last that, season, didn't he? He used to just get frustrated <laughs> by the play or just not beating himself up a bit too much. I think having Jota ready for Everton would be more advantageous than starting him against Torino at home, if that makes sense. Just, just to give Neto a start. Because if he's on the bench anyway, he can always come on. Looking at Torino last week, Balletti, surely the star man still for them. Yeah. He, he was the only one really for me who did any who looked anywhere near good enough. Well, well, anyone who'd get in our side from theirs. I think you know, could uh, Patricio probably still annoyed that penalty because he, 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 so he, he did get it. He was so close. Just yeah. the pace, the pace yeah. beating his big Walter would have been uh, <laughs> saving that, <laughs> making his appearance. Oh, just Jen, just think about it. Thursday night's gonna be a great night at Molyneux. You know, crisp late summer evening. Against Torino in the Europa League qualifiers, Wolves could be 90 minutes away from the group stage. Or 90 minutes away from an FA Cup semi-final scenario. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be the biggest game in in our lives as far as... I mean, when was the last time we were in Europe? 1980, was it? Mm -hmm. So yeah, this will be the biggest game in in our life. Was was that the Anglo-Italian Cup? (laughs) No, the the Anglo-Italian Cup was was the 90s, but that was... Can you not class that as Europe? No, you, you can, it was <laughs> a competitive European fixture, but but Stoker in there with us. So can, we vale, yeah. can we not class his two legs as Anglo-Italian cup and light? <laughs> yeah. Very light. I, think, I, remember, I remember there was about like nine thousand there towards the end of it um, at the, in the Anglo-Italian cup. But Atalanta yeah, one each. At, Atalanta, yeah, Lecce and things like that. But um, yeah, it, as, as Andy said, it's going to be a hell of an atmosphere. Um, and I think I was listening to. Um, you guys have got me on it a lot, actually, the Football Ramble. If we can talk about another podcast, I think we'd share the link out in terms of their discussing walls. And they were mentioning the fact that, you know, they respected how we're taking it seriously. And, uh, you know, the, with the traditions of the football club, it's in keeping with that. So I think there's a real sense of excitement that walls are back in Europe. And as for as we talk about generations of fans, it is, it's incredible. Um, so, yes, we've had Punic, but this is, and you know, Crusaders, this is something else. A real established Italian side at Molyneux on a lovely uh, Thursday night is just going to be incredible. On, on uh, that point, I find it really strange other clubs not taking this competition seriously. Mm. It's almost like it's a hindrance to them. Well, that's how it's been traditionally made out, especially in English football. Is it? Unless you are a top six team, when you get to the l- you know the real last stages, it is oh, you know it's going to affect the league. But surely, if you're a, like Spurs, who were in it not that long ago, if they're looking at 
getting some silverware because they're still a one fuck all. So <laughs> surely getting a Europa is better than failing to finish well, fourth. That, yeah, that's why you know. Arsenal Chelsea took it so seriously last season as well. I think they need to. I think he does deserve a little bit more respect. But like West Ham treated it like it was a hindrance to them. You think, well, you're West Ham for crying out loud. Call it the UEFA Cup for one, I think. Yeah. Ditch, ditch the Europa League. Call it the UEFA mm. Cup and it all instantly gives it a bit more gravitas. Mm. Call it the... Well, you can't call it the Cup Winners Cup, can you? Call it the Super Friendship Club. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think but once they changed it to that name and they yeah. really expanded these groups, I just think it, it lost a bit of it, something. It kind of feels though it's the dropouts, doesn't it, from the Champions League, I suppose. And and but I I don't get why you know you don't take it seriously. And certainly, although we would hope that this club that we support is going to be competing in Europe, it could be, and I don't think it is, but it could be for clubs of our size as as we are currently. You, you, you're only hit, so why don't you bloody give it your best shot, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I think the fans deserve that. I don't but want to tempt fate by saying mm-hmm. some of the teams we could get in the group stage, because I know we've looked at it online and it's, it's very tasty. It's good to tasty. speculate, though. Go yeah, for it. Yeah, but then I don't want to speculate, and then Sod's Law happens, and then... We'll just cut it out. Yeah. you <laughs> <laughs> uh, think the, the, the Europa League thing, I don't think that really bothers people. It's only because we're all over 13, like the third dead now, that... <laughs> people it's a nice way of looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> people in like in their early twenties who don't know, don't remember the UEFA Cup think oh Europa League. I just it's think they need to have some proper orchestral music. Well, for they the have. Europa League. It's just that no one knows it apart or from people. Words. Europa <laughs> <laughs> League. That that'll do. I was like, yes, come on. I can't believe the Champions League thing was rowed by an English bloke. Oh really? Yeah. Well, the more you know. Any quiz quizzes coming up? You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, okay. I think we'll leave that bit there. In the second part, we're going to talk about Everton. We've got Dan's quiz, and we've got Twitter corner after this. Welcome back to the show, but right, we're going to talk Everton, and we're going to segue away once more. What is an Everton's fan view of what's going on there and what they thought of Wolves? Roy's friend Adam, not Adam Price, of course, another Adam. What's Adam's surname, Roy? Uh, it's Lockley. Oh, Lock- Adam yeah. Lockley. Um, not not related to Heather Lockley, of course. <laughs> no, I think the spelling slightly slightly out, but yeah, we we uh, were chatting with Adam in terms of how we thought the season would go, and um, yeah. He, we're going to roll to his responses in a minute. <laughs> roll to VT. <laughs> anyway, here's what Adam had to say. Well, if you'd asked me that question this time last week, then I think we'd have been a lot more positive. But the, the less said about the uh, Friday evening performance against Villa, then the better. And up, up till then, we've had... Uh, we look solid, two clean sheets, um, a centre-back pairing, they've had a good pre-season. Um, Yerry Mina especially starting to look like the player we thought we brought last season after a, obviously a good 2018 World Cup. Actually no fault of his own because uh, injuries and setbacks, but uh, yeah, it was starting to starting to look good. I know it's only one game, but uh, the Villa performance probably causes a little bit of concern because we just didn't really look like a, a, a unit at all. So, very early days, three games in, win, loss and a draw. Puts us above you guys, obviously, but um, I'd say could do better, five out of ten. I don't know, it's been a been a strange few seasons for Everton, really. It's a bit of a Groundhog Day situation where 
we just seem to we spend a lot of money we're rebuilding again fresh faces they need time to gel but uh, with this being silver second season i think we need to at least build on what we had last year uh, the eighth place finish but being realistic is it uh, going to be possible to break into that top six um myself i think we've got to be looking for seventh uh, even though would appear there's a better chance than ever to get into that uh, that top six from some sort of a shaky performances from the, the Sky Six there. But, yeah, seventh place, and I think it's about time we got some, some silverware because, what, we're 24 years now since we last won a, won a major trophy. So that would, uh, that would probably do for us, I'd say. But um, uh, got to get time. We've, we've brought in a, a lot of new players, so... I think the main worry is for Everton fans, where are the goals going to come from? We've put a lot, we've obviously had a very big boost in the signing of Moyes Keane, but uh, 19 year old playing in the Premiership for the first time, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him, kind of need to share them out. So you need to be looking to that midfield, Sigurdsson, Richarlison, to, to back that up. Um, hopefully, we've, we've had one goal in the first three games, which doesn't exactly fill you with confidence, but. Um, who knows, it's early days, let's hope they can gel and get going. I think a lot of Everton fans would have been looking at Wolves last season and thinking, well, they're everything that we should be at the moment. Um, you know, the playing with ambition, uh, the staff and all the backroom appear to be all united. And there's a clear plan from the hierarchy, so there's probably been a bit of envy there that you'd uh, managed to come in first season and finish above us. Um, obviously, you've got the Europa League this season and having had a couple of uh, European adventures in the Premier League era, we, we know it can take its toll on the uh, on Premier League games. So, you know, there's, there's a regular Sunday games, a lot of travelling, which it's, it's the old poison chalice. It's what you want to do, isn't it? But um, I suppose we kind of hope that uh, could play into our hands on Sunday. Um, you've obviously got the... Uh, the men in the middle, Martinho and Neves pulling the strings, and I think we've got to got to watch out for the counter attacks again because our centre back pairing aren't the quickest. So I think uh, Jimenez and Jota are going to be the, the the threats again. So if we can keep them quiet and keep a keep a steady line, then hopefully, fingers crossed, we can uh, come away with the three points. Uh, probably going to be a bit biased here, um, but hopefully the Thursday game against Torino takes its toll on your guys. So stick my neck out and say 2-1 to Everton. Um, goals from Sigurdsson and Richarlison and Jimenez getting one for Wolves. But uh, it'll be close, whatever happens, I'm sure. And I wish you guys all the best of the luck for the rest of the season. And that's Adam's view of the game. Gentlemen, I'm going to touch base here to Stu firstly. Because <laughs> Stu's got a strong opinion about Marco Silva. Of course, last season at Goodson Park, Wolves won 3-1 in quite a dominant display. Stu, you've said this on the podcast. Just to remind people of tuning for the first time, what is your nickname for Marco Silva? It's Marco Froda. And why do you call him, called him, call him that thy name? Because he is a fraud. A what? football fraud. Why? Because he's done nothing at all to warrant the attention and publicity that he gets. And but again, why though? What what is your evidence a, to suggest that he is not the just, Everton man that Everton <laughs> fans hoped he would be? He's just an arsehole. <laughs> now, evidence one. There's 
all this the attacking football and yeah we're going to push on and all this stuff it never happens and it's all it always seems to be the same thing every year year on year on year and when you had the time at Hall and then at Watford before we went to Everton and it's always the same the, the, the tactics are always the same the same fl- flaws from scoring conceding from corners and set pieces it's just I don't get the hype it's like the Eddie Howe hype I don't get that either <laughs> could you not argue that with what with, with Hall he did very well with what the the play all the players in the union could have they got relegated and they got relegated but just though compared to the squad they had Watford he was bait you could argue he was disturbed from what was it October time yeah was it was it was about 10 games in wasn't yeah. it and then they kind of went off the rails when he was linked to Everton obviously now he's at Everton but where did they finish was it 8th they finished last season in the end it was below us that's all <laughs> <laughs> but the best performance on the pitch last season was a cat <laughs> against us <laughs> and you see every few every few months when things go wrong the Everton fans are, it's always a talk of Marco Silva for the sack and you think well if you're that great this talk could never happen you think well you've got some succession planning there and you can see what you're doing but no one really seems to see what they're doing and they lost a fucking villa <laughs> last week <laughs> uh, Roy Andy where do you, do you agree with Stu's opinion or not? T- to an extent he plays very pretty stuff but mm. it's largely ineffective they don't they've never really kicked on no club has ever kicked on under him mm. Since he's been in England, anyway, the other clubs were was it Greece where he, he, he won had, a championship? Like this, this, I think he had like this amazing record in Greece uh, because I think at the time, if you remember, I think just before Fosen came in or around the time Fosen came in, I think we were linked with him um, because he had like one of the best records on the continent. Um, I don't feel as strongly as Stu does. Um, I don't think Stu's confessing everything here because I'm sure there's something happened between him and Marco <laughs> Silva and I've and, and and I'm I'm yet to uh, to know exactly why whilst I take his point I've got a feeling he's done something to stew he's, <laughs> you know whether or not he's not paid for his drink or whatever yeah. walks out I don't know um I don't feel as strongly the the thing is with Everton for me is I thought the recruitment seemed decent this year um but whether or not that will transfer into results I don't know it well, uh, seemed decent last year but it ended yeah. up being shit yeah. and so, it seemed decent the year before that under Coven? Yeah. Th- they've done a lot of what looks like good business mm. and it's turned out to just be largely irrelevant because they've gone nowhere still. They're still in the same place they were. And they've spent probably the third or fourth most money in the whole country on rubbish <laughs> and it gets them nowhere. When Roy said he's had a good run in Greece, I couldn't tell if it was a good run in Greece, a country, or like a Broadway performance <laughs> of <laughs> Greece. I'll play, da- play Danny Zuko. You know? I'll, I'll give him that, though. He could, he could play that role. I think that, that's a problem, though. When when he came to this country, I still had hair. And look, look what's happened. <laughs> Maybe that's what he does. He blames Stu for... Uh, or he blames Marco for a lack of hair. Yeah. We need, to get, <laughs> we, need, we need to get Stu on the therapy chair here and find out. I think we do. I think there's, there's something there. <laughs> there is. Uh, another, uh, but another one, a controversial question. Look, you know, from an outside point of view, there's two teams in up that part of the world. There's Liverpool and Everton. You would say that Liverpool are the bigger team. I'm trying to say, get my words correct. Wiser here. But they always do seem like the, the second team to Liverpool. Do you think there'll ever be a scenario in the future where, from a football fan point of view, Everton would be seen as the bigger team than Liverpool? No. They're like the fat, ugly sister, are they? <laughs> <laughs> there's always the, the one who gets the looks, and then there's the other one who's probably got an all right personality, but nah. 
I think that's Everton in a nutshell for me. I think they're probably more like than Liverpool are, let's be honest about it. You know, Liverpool are pretty well disliked by football fans generally and <laughs> their their supporters and yep. you know, we saw a bit of that we saw a bit of that, that last year, so I won't go into too much detail, but I think generally there's a uh, you know, I think they uh, were saying before we talked about Everton being the people's club and the kind of the way in which they they market themselves. I'd be interested if Everton fans kind of get a bit patronised by that maybe in terms of you know being uh, you know like you say the the lesser uh, of the two clubs in that in that city um, you could argue you, know. with, you could argue with, if there was ever a scenario with Wolves West Brom where let's say West Brom when they're in the Premier League over years just became bigger and bigger and bigger and we just stayed in the Championship and League One people's perceptions may have changed in that way then from our point of view would be like oh no we're not the the lesser team so it must be not. I know somebody whose son uh, wanted to support football team and he, he went with Everton and the dad was pleased because basically everyone in the area they live in Liverpool and everybody in the area was Liverpool fans and he felt like I didn't want his son to be another Liverpool fan there's more of a, they go to all the Everton games at home but I just you know th- maybe like you'll say Roy maybe there is more of a working class thing uh, yeah I, I think there is with Everton and I, and I think there's you know um it's just because of I think Liverpool and their fan base, and in terms of you know that you know I think they're derided saying you know their fans are from Scandinavia and from Ireland and so <laughs> forth, and you know it could be one of those where I don't know the stats, but you know within the area you know um, there's obviously a, a big Everton presence. So um, it's very much like Man United and Man City yeah. used yeah, to yeah, be, yeah. isn't it? It was if you're from Manchester, you supported City. If you're from anywhere else, it's United. Do you have any favourite memories of Everton players throughout the years? People that stick out, you think, oh yeah, I like them at Everton. I I've, I think Duncan Ferguson for me, I yeah. think he's still involved there. But I just fi- I just love that old school type of striker. He was an absolute bastard. Wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah, I, I liked that in the player. Yeah, I think yeah. he was great. I quite liked that Everton team of '95 when they won the FA Cup. Mm. I thought it was a decent team. Daniel Amakachi. Daniel Amakachi, yeah. Heathcliff. Was that this team when they had like a proper a proper collar on their shirt? It was like yeah, one of darker shirts, blue. Yeah. Oh, that was a good shirt. That it was, was on my birthday that cup finals. I remember <laughs> watching it. It was a good game. Dan- <laughs> ride out as well. Yeah, Paul ride out. Paul ride out. Big yeah. Nev in goal. Big, um, big, big Nev at the time. Nev, well. yeah. Nev, and who would think now with him looking on Twitter and the way? <laughs> <laughs> um, but but a, a really bloody good goalkeeper as well, uh, Southall as well. Just kind of just you wouldn't see him in the modern game, but he was brilliant. Um, Unsworth is one of the best penalty yes. takers I've yeah. ever seen. Yeah, yeah. And the way he shit on the villa was brilliant. <laughs> just rocks up for 24 hours. Now I'm going. It's funny with Everton, and I'm sure Everton fans will say differently, but you know they were always consistent under David Moyes at that time. Always maybe got sixth, seventh, and it's always been really inconsistent mm-hmm. after that. As what you say about David Moyes, you know he was he. I'm not, you know I think long term people will probably obviously look fondly back on him from an Everton point of view, but he was the fourth. right man for the right job. Yeah. They got fourth and then didn't get through in the qualifiers. Mm-hmm. I think the issue was is that they never won a trophy, was it? And I think they got to the point where they thought they w- their ambitions were like, we need to progress further. Mm-hmm. And that's when, you know, like, like Coleman, for example, when Coleman came in, you just thought, actually, they've got a manager now where you think they're going to kick on. And that first season, did they get? Didn't even last a season, did he? I, I think he think. did. Well, he came in, did he come in late in the one season? Oh, I'm maybe sure that he was it. He yeah. finished a season. <laughs> I know that, and that's when he got all that money to spend in the season after. Mm. And he bought like four different number tens, and <laughs> didn't implement his style. Also, cigar, 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 and cigar, and and uh, Rooney and people like yeah. that. And so, was yeah. it him who signed Walcott, or was that Big Sam? 
No, that was, was Big Sam, yeah, wasn't he? Big Sam. Because he looks awful, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, another player with a Wolves connection, Michael Branch as well. Yeah. You know, oh, he's yeah. kind of hailed as being the, like the next big thing. And him and there was a Jeffers and they had a few <laughs> young strikers. They had a few young strikers at Danny the time Cadamartry. who came through. But then I remember Michael Branch for Wolves. He was brilliant for Wolves for a short spell. Lescott obviously went yeah. there. He's doing a long well. spell now. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, had, yeah, quite. <laughs> Didn't we get Mickey Stole off Everton? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so Lescott went there as well at one mm. point. Was he did much? really well for them. How much was, was that? 15 million? Or am I just making that figure up? I thought it was a, like about eight with such a, with a like mm. 20% sell on or something <laughs> like that. He, what did he get to Man City for? I think that was about 24. 20, yeah. He went for a quite a high fee in the end. But I thought we sold him relatively cheap. Yeah, I think we... We, we, we had sell-on clause yeah. with him. Good old Jez Moxie. Yeah. Good old Moxie. If you knew what to do, Moxie, could do a contact really well. <laughs> new, new EFL um, chief executive. Well, yeah. About, yeah. Ah. It can't get any worse, can it? <laughs> Good old Moxie. Uh, well, that game's on Sunday at 1 o'clock. Is it on Sky? If you, pardon? 2 o'clock. Oh, coverage starts at one o'clock then. I just saw You won't be late if you get one no. at least. Yeah, at least you haven't said it at three or yeah. So if you're not going up and you're too lazy, just uh, just watch on the telly. Pop down to pub. <laughs> <laughs> watch that. Right, everybody. It's time for everybody's favourite part of the quiz. It's Dan's quiz, everybody. I'm keeping it low key. That's my performance self. <laughs> That was shambolic last time. So it, where are we? It at? was great just to see how happy Jake was over the win. <laughs> Stu, where are you on the quiz this season? Are you, have you scored? Yeah, yeah. You got one. Roy, have you done a quiz yet this season? You have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and have you done a quiz this season? I've done. I've done one with you two gents, I believe. Have you? Is that the only? Possibly. Uh, uh, the one I, I won. Uh, was it? Was it me, you, and Price? Uh, and yeah, Price won the one yeah, that yeah. We, we, yeah. the one that went missing. Um, and while it's getting dark in this room, Ryan, I'm going to ask you to get, get up and sort, or Andy, get up on the seat and uh, turn that light on. And let's just have some hotel music while we wait. <laughs> you can leave your light. That giraffe looks more terrifying in the dark. <laughs> right, Andy's back. Thank you, Andy, for turning the light on so we can but now giraffes, all see. Giraffes aren't naturally that colour, though, are they? They're, they're, they're more orange, aren't they, giraffes? I think, that's, I think the Disney colour, I think they give that. Is that, what it is? Yeah. Is that the Disney effect? <laughs> the Disney effect. It's been Disney-fied. It's like the whole thing with um, Jurassic Park and saying that like the, the Velociraptors wouldn't look nothing like that that they had in the films. Yeah, they'd have feathers, wouldn't they? Yeah. Oh, Jurassic Park. It's, it's, it's kind of like Wolfie, because well, I always talk about Wolfie <laughs> as a kid, how he used to be scary and snarly and he looked vicious, and now he's just a teddy bear. Did you, Wolfie actually used to look like that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. oh yeah. But with yeah. blood, blood coming from its well, fangs <laughs> and stuff like that. He did a Bristol. Eating kids now. And no, as per my nutrition, one tonight, <laughs> one child will be sacrificed. <laughs> yeah. But you look at it though, the, the, the original Wolfie from the, the one that went mad, mm. um, at Bristol, that wasn't even the original one. Because the original one was the one, the one with the massive. You had um, a picture of Jimmy Greaves next to when he was um, working for ITV years and years uh, ago. He had okay. a really wide head, right? And he, he was brown, and then he went to kind of paler. <laughs> just, just, just before we move on to this, there, <laughs> there is um, what there is a wolfie's head with the Goodyear cap on it's his in the head. Cafe. Yeah, yeah. It thank was, you. This Steve. was in Monday R, wasn't it? Magazines, yeah, it might be Monday. It's in is it Sashin's or is it there's a Indian street food restaurant um, on the same side of Bohemian, not far from the arena theater. Um, and just for um, picture wise, non audio, it was a lot darker, it was like about late eight, uh, late 90s. And it's just circulating a picture, yeah. Yeah. We can clarify that. 
But, but if you look at him now, he's just oh, disappointing. I think it's called branding. He couldn't, yeah. he couldn't even have shorts in China, though, could he? Yeah. Mind you, that like, one like does look terrifying giraffes. with the red eyes. <laughs> <laughs> that one looks like he's got rabies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, let's go on to the quiz, everybody. It's Stu versus Andy versus Rai. Gentlemen, have you got your phones ready for detailing your answers? Play along at home at WWFC Fancast on Twitter. A couple of people have told us on Twitter that they're now going to start keeping scores of how they've got on every week on the quiz. Mm. So let us know how you get on, because we'd like to know. We keep getting messages of they're really hard, but that's the whole point of quiz. That's supposed to be easy. Anyway, first question. In September 1998, Wolves beat Berry for the last time. Topical. Uh, Molyneux won nil. Who scored the winner? So in when Wolves beat Berry at Molyneux in... Uh, 1998, and hopefully not the last time, of course. Uh, who scored the winner? Who scored the winner? Little mm-hmm. note there, as a football community, really hope that Barry and Bolton do get things sorted out because we do not want to see any football clubs go away. No, I, I know there's I, a lot I, of hate no. I can, from, no, I can, from I, Bolton I, I, fans look, from decades ago, but no one wants to lose their football club. No. So we hope they remain. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'd, like we said earlier, you know, I do hate Bolton for everything they did to us in the nineties. But the thought of someone losing their club if it happened to us, I think it'd be just the worst. Uh, Stu, I'm going to come to you first. Who are you going for? Don. Don Goodman. Roy. Uh, Steve Ball. Stevie Ball. Sir Andy Thompson. Sir Andy Thompson. Don't think he's been knighted, but well, I can tell you, Stu. No good start so far. It is Stevie Ball. Oh Roy yes, yes, mark. yes. Uh, next question: Second of January, 1999. Wolves beat Bolton in the FA Cup third round back to two goals from Robbie Keane. But who scored for Bolton? So, 1999, 2nd of January, Wolves beat Bolton, third round of the FA Cup. 2-1, just figuring that there from the question. Robbie Keane with the two goals for Wolves. Who scored for Bolton? Who scored for Bolton Wunderers? Then this has been too clever. And I can hear that my daughter still hasn't gone to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take a punt with this one. I'm thinking, did he play for them? And I've got a feeling did. David Thompson. So you're going for David Thompson, Andy? Oh, I was thinking Alan Thompson yeah, for a minute. Um, oh, I've am I? gone okay. for Fabian De Freitas. Oh, oh yes. Fabian De Freitas, <laughs> okay. <laughs> really? <laughs> De Freitas? Another <laughs> <laughs> Fabian De Freitas. I can tell you, both Stu and Andy, you're completely wrong. <laughs> Roy, you're also wrong. Okay. Scott Sellers. Scott Sellers. Oh, Scott Wolf, Sellers. Wolf, uh, coach now. Um, so, but yeah, it was Alan Thompson. I was thinking, like, he was a good player. It, uh, it didn't matter anyway because he didn't <laughs> score. But uh, <laughs> April 2009, Everton ran out 3-0 winners at Molyneux. Name the two Wolves players in the starting lineup that day, not from the UK or Republic of Ireland. What year was it, sorry? 2009. It was April. Everton won 3-0 at Molyneux. But the two players in that starting lineup that day that were not from the UK or the Republic of Ireland. Chance here for Stu or Andy to get a point back or for Roy to extend his lead. What will you go for? Let me know when you've got your answers locked in, of course. Dan was very strict to the quiz on the live show. Ten second rule. <laughs> Use somebody in the audience to wave down when that time allotted time is done. Andy, I'm gonna um, come to you first. I've gone from Marcus Hanneman and Mayakolo. Hanneman and Maya Colo. Oh, by the way, I will say you will get a point for each one, just to make it fair. So, um, Hanneman and Maya Colo. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, Stu, you've gone Castillo. Through. Castillo and... I f- couldn't think. And a pass. Hanneman's probably right. I think maybe I've got, I've got my years wrong, but I'm going to go what I put down. I put Henry Kamara and Okoronko. 
you've maybe got your ears wrong. Okay, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that now. The answers were Ella Covey oh. and Guardiola. Oh. Yeah. oh, that was when Hennessy had just been reintroduced into the team after being dropped, wasn't it? Cast it. Was I think before. not yeah. long left to go here, right? You good could as well to start with. Right, you <laughs> could steal a one nil win here. Fantastic dream. Good. Uh, former Wolves and Everton player Jonah Lescott was named our player of the season for the 2002-2003 season. Who won the award this season before? So Lescott, o two o three season. Interesting noise from Roy there. Yeah, sorry. O two o three season. Didn't realise this was on, but uh, uh, the season. <laughs> Uh, for Wolves, but who won this, the award this season before? I will. Uh, Roy's still having to think. I'll, I'll, I'll shout it out. Um, Hang on, we'll go to Stu first. Stuart, you've gone for Storage. Storage. Storage also yeah, for Roy. I've gone for Storage. Well. Everyone's I'll gone for Storage, storage yeah, and you're apparently. all wrong. Uh, Alex Ray. Uh, Alex Ray. Now, this is the last question, Roy. Okay. Don't yeah. put any more pressure there is on a it time than needs <laughs> Joni Lescott once again was named in the Championship PFA Team of the Year for the 05-06 season. Named the two former Wolves players also in that team. Again, a point each. So, Roy, you could lose it on both, <laughs> or it could go to a tiebreaker. Lescott was in the Championship PFA Team of the Season 05-06. Named the two former Wolves players also in that team. What will people go for? Were they playing for us at the time, or were they former players? In 0506. It just says name the two former players also in that team. 0506, well, I can't. It, mm, mm, just go with what the question says. So there were former players at the time. Right, okay. Which, oh Could be anyone, couldn't it? Yeah. Trying to think of players who would have been released around about that time. Pressure on. This is Rye's 1 0 0 up. Rye could win a point here. Or could it go to a tiebreaker? We'll find out after this. Right now, uh, right. Are we all got our lanterns locked in, or are you still thinking? I've got none locked in, but come no. to me and I'll, um. I'll show you. Um. Craddock, <laughs> egg, uh, Stu. We've got your answers locked in. I'm just going around the room here. I've got one that I know he was in the team of the year at some point. You're going to have to take a punt, everybody. Uh, Nathan so, Blake, so Cardiff. So you're going for Nathan Blake, uh, Andy. I'm going to go to you. Take a punt, Matt Murray, and no one. Matt Murray and no one. I'm just going to go with Kennedy and Miller. Kennedy and Miller. I can tell you that Rye, it is with my deepest regret, <laughs> I inform you that you've got your first point of the season. Wow. The answers were Hanneman and Doyle. Hanneman and Doyle. So, by default, so that's fine. I'll take that. Sneaky 1-0-0 <laughs> win, Rye. Congratulations. <laughs> just for the fun of it, would you like to do the tiebreaker question just for the fun? Yeah, but can we make sure that it's, you know, it's clear for the record? It doesn't count. <laughs> it is a friendly question. No, don't worry. This isn't last goal win. No. <laughs> How many four-team appearances mm. for Portugal does Rui Patricio currently stand on? I will give you... Oh, it's the nearest or bang on, really. Just for the fun, everybody. What has Patricio got for Portugal cap-wise? What has he got cap-wise? And let us know how you got on a home, everybody. At WGFC Fancast. Did you bring Rice score of one or zero from the other two? Uh, Andy, what have you got? 111. 111. Stu? I went a lot lower. 78. 78. Uh, I've gone 58. 58. It was 81. Oh. So congratulations, Stu. You've got a invisible point there. 
just the honour of knowing that you've got that question nearest right. Uh, right, we'll do the last part of the podcast, everybody. It's Twitter Corner. You send us your questions via Twitter or Facebook or whatever, and we will answer them. Jack or at Dabine Green says, um, <laughs> best, oh, this is a perfect stew question, best handheld console. Everyone now. It just says best handheld console. Treat it as forever. Um... I would have said Vita for a long time, but it's got to be a Switch. Vita, then. <laughs> no. It's got to be Switch, probably. No. Super. Switch. Yeah. Not a scratch on the Game Boy? No. Or the... No, Sega Saturn wasn't a handheld, was it? No. What was the handheld version of Sega? Game Gear. Game Gear, that's it. Or the Nomad, which was the handheld Genesis. But that was years later. Can you class the Dreamcast? Because the Dreamcast had a memory card that was also its own little game. Called what? The memory card? <laughs> VMU. Was it called VMU? Yeah. yeah. I remember having Sonic... What was the Sonic game Sonic called? Adventure, I think, was yeah. it the, that one? The first night, and then you could have the little like Tamagotchi characters, mm. and you could put them on your little VMU and take them around like a Tamagotchi. Yeah. Head of its time, the sit Dreamcast was. Gentlemen, it actually wasn't, yeah. though, because the original PlayStation had a little thing in, in Japan <laughs> called Pocket Station that unreleased right, in Japan. Head of its time. You could plug it into those like massive arcade machines at amusements... Could be the pocket load. station as well. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Gents, did you have any favourite um, or best ever handheld console at all? I mean, Stu's right that the Switch is the best handheld one, but for me, the original Game Boy is still just the best. I just loved it. I've still got mine to this day. Right. It still works. For me... Um, Game Boy Colour, I, maybe? I, I haven't played um, video games for like 20, 20 odd years. <laughs> Other than Chat Man, however... My favourite console, um, and I had both a Game Boy and a Game Gear um, as, oh, a, as, a kid, <laughs> as, as a kid, was a Game Gear. Um, and what I particularly like, and you'll probably remember because you guys know your stuff more than I do on this, I had a TV tuner. <laughs> you remember yeah, the TV yeah. tuner? Half metre long aerial. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I remember um, I don't know, going to Merry Hill or something with mum and dad. I'd be in the back of the car and watching the TV tune. It was terrible. Um, but yeah, I, oh, there was a. Obviously, I had Sonic and maybe Sonic and Tails. And then I had a football game which escaped me, which I, I used to love. Um, so yeah, good memories actually of the the Game Gear. So I can't compare it to others, but as a, as a kid, I loved the Game Gear. Good God, good yeah. times. Uh, Jamie Rhodes, who was your hidden gem on Football Manager FIFA Career Mode back in the day? He was your hidden gem, everybody. I know there was always the generic ones, but someone must have had their hidden one they were very proud of getting. I had Ocaronco. Yeah. <laughs> you could always pick him up for dirt chasing. Yeah, he, he, was, he was one of them things where you'd, you'd put a scout out and he'd come up pretty much straight away. But there was a lot of, a lot of Swedish players, I can't remember now. Yeah, that's what you did. You'd just scout Scandinavia and take all of the youth from there because they were all brilliant. <laughs> Although, so you had like Chalstrom and Chalstrom and all the likes. Yeah, Matt Jorgensen was the one for me. He was I had, phenomenal. I, I had someone called Daniel Vantiago. I think he was like in the Roma youth system, and I got he got the um, Golden Boot European Golden Boot three seasons in a row. Scored from the halfway line in the UEFA, UEFA Cup final for Wolves, and then I, I, I was able to find him on Wiki, and he's like thirty eight. And still plotting his trade in like the subdivisions in Italy. <laughs> like, go on, lad. Go on, lad. Anybody else, Roy? Do you remember any hidden gems from your yeah, youth? Yeah, uh, well, I, I, I love Chapman, but this this name that I'm going to say now, I didn't think I'd ever say on a, on a podcast before. I'm pre- pretty sure it was Sensor World of Soccer. And there was a player you could sign 
uh, called Ches Mahundrad. And Ches Mahundrad was a striker <laughs> in the Indian League, and his team was Border Security. So, <laughs> so I don't know if it was the official Border Control team of the of the Indian National League, or <laughs> but Ches Mahundrad, you would buy him for about twenty k, and as long as you kept him happy, he, he would he would his value would skyrocket. Um, Andy, did you have any at all? Um, just trying to think, he was really good for me. Um, I've still got like screenshots of my greatest achievements. <laughs> there, there was a, an Italian centre half, Petruzzi, I think it was. Right. I'd never heard of him in real life, and I used to play him as a sweeper, and he used to score hat tricks and stuff. <laughs> he was ridiculous. Like Wolf. Yeah. But or there was one Owen Price, who I think was a kid at Spurs, and I don't think he's ever even come through the ranks now. But in your eyes, but he, he was brilliant for me. <laughs> Winning penalty in the Champions League final. Oh. Yeah. On football manager news, though, it's on stadium now. Next, well, from next season. And what does that mean for those who do not so know? Just think about it, though. You'll mm. have, have it if you had a tablet with you. You could yeah. play full fat champ football manager. Stadia's Google's streaming platform. Ah, okay. So you can play full fat football manager on a tablet Ooh. rather than the light version. Can I, brilliant. can I just give you some info here on border security? <laughs> here we go. Here we go. So border security force sporting club to give border security their full title. It's an Indian football club based in Jalandhar, Punjab, which currently competes in the Punjab State Super Football League. The team is more known for winning the Durand Cup on seven occasions during the 1960s, 70s and 80s. Always get your facts mm. on okay. podcast. Does it mention oh. Chaz Mahundra in No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm still looking for him. I was hoping to find an article when he went wild and ran off with someone from Bollywood or, <laughs> uh, you know, but no. Uh, while we're continuing the questions then, Sam Spencer, on a topical theme of fancast, has Mez been kidnapped? If so, how much is a ransom and can I double it for them to keep him? Um, <laughs> we well, miss Mez. Mez, Mez yeah, is a very, Mez. very busy man. And yeah. uh, Mez had to leave the shores of Fancast Plains, unfortunately, yeah. but we wish him all the best. I think he got married over the summer, I believe. Or has he already got married, I'm presuming? God, yeah. he's, he's over that or playing golf. Um, <laughs> but no, absolute top bloke. He's still a, a friend of the, the show. The I'll probably actually see him Sunday at Everton. So we're going to... Uh, Ellesmere Port Labour Club as, as always she will pass on regards to the uh, yeah. <laughs> to Sam um, there are a couple of questions on, on Facebook they're a bit too serious which you know we like the silly questions right. don't we but I'll just try and pick one of them out uh, Stuart Spencer uh, should fans be given the option when buying a shirt of A no sponsor B regular sponsor C Wolves Foundation D Fosen but I think we've already got that technically haven't we with can I have kids? one with Wolves Fancast on it yes <laughs> <laughs> we've kind of got that haven't we already with with the kid shirts, where you can say Wolves Foundation, can't it? No, it's Silverbook. Oh, Silverbook, sorry. But then we've got that option, haven't we? Really? Not for adults. So if you've if you've got if you're strongly against betting sponsorship, when, if you're one of these, we're not going to have a scenario where there's going to be like they have with the Paddy Power shirts, but that's done purely in the PR purpose. That you West Ham do that. What you can have it with no sponsor? Yeah. Oh, really? Adult shirts without a sponsor, same price. What is West Ham sponsor? Another betting company. Yeah. Way is it? Wasn't there a problem a few years ago with, I want to say Newcastle, um, one of their Muslim players who refused to wear the shirt because it was... Was that that Wonga? Was that Cissé? It might have been Cissé. But you've always got the thing where it's not the kids' ones, but if you've got massive kids, they're wearing small size, small adult size. They're wearing it, promoting it anyway, so the whole thing's all silly. But I'd prefer if we didn't have uh, sleeve sponsors, if we had an option so we could get... 
proper Europa League patches when we uh, get Stu. through. <laughs> this is Stu's manner from heaven, this question. Stu though. will, in the group chat, will always throw in the FA re- uh, regulations picture <laughs> of uh, sponsors <laughs> every time a, a, a sleeve thing comes up. And that's why we love you, Stu. Yeah. Always with the facts. I love <laughs> how it doesn't take him any time at all to find it either. <laughs> it's going to be starred pictures. Yeah. Straight away. Yeah, I know exactly what it is. <laughs> and on sleeve sponsors, that's where we will leave everybody. Thank you very much for listening. You can follow us all week on social media, just typing Wars Fancast, and you'll find us there. And you download and subscribe on iTunes. And if you do like the podcast, because if you must do, if you get into this point, please do leave us a five star review. Um, and uh, yeah, on iTunes, because apparently that helps you up the charts. Whether we need to get up the charts, don't know. But it always helps. I think after 10 years, the Charter has. Yeah. Now, apparently, we've got a decent rating on there. That sounds really bad that I don't pay attention to it. <laughs> but I, I mentioned the, the podcast to somebody at work who was asking about the live show. And they said, oh, you've got a good rating. I'll write, I'll write you now. Even didn't listen. Oh, yeah. Apparently, so, yeah, actually, shout out to David Haynes, who he's going to listen to the first time. So I'd, I'd heard that the iTunes ratings are a bit bullshit, to be honest, because they promote newer podcasts over older. <sighs> So I think we need a lot more five stars. Okay. Or mm. just dissolve this podcast and start it again as a new podcast so yeah. we can get up the charts. <laughs> Rebrand it. Okay, that's where we'll leave it, everybody. But for this week, it's bye from Andy. See ya. Bye from Ryan. Bye. Bye from Stu. Ciao. Bye from me. See you next time.